Welcome to the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. In this podcast, we explore all the things that we have battled with and triumphed over along our own health and wellness journeys. Our goal is to provide real content for real women at every age and stage in life and to bring encouragement and community to all of our Wayward Lasses out there. Are you ready to make a change and start your journey to becoming the best version of yourself? You've come to the right place. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. I'm Courtney, joined today by my sister, Brittany. Hey, everyone. And our mom, Amy. Hey, guys. What's up? So in last week's episode, we started talking about mindset, and each of us shared our experiences with our own mindsets as it relates to our health and wellness journeys. For today's episode, we are going to dig even deeper into this topic because we believe that the thoughts we think shape the lives we live. So if we want to make real changes in our lives, we have to first change how we think. Our goal today is to give you some tools to help you and guide you as you begin to change your mindset. We encourage you to take out a piece of paper and a pen, open up your notes app on your phone, jot down some thoughts as we begin our discussion. Um, And so before we start, I want you, our listeners, to take a second to think about a specific goal you have for your own health and wellness. Or maybe you're at a place in your life right now where you can only identify a problem or a struggle you're currently facing. That's okay. We can work with that too. Maybe your goal is to lose 50 pounds or to quit smoking or a problem you might be facing could be stress at work or maybe you're feeling burnt out like you don't have time to rest. Your life is just so busy. A lot of times it's easy to identify a goal or problem that we have and then come up with a plan to achieve that goal or fix the problem. But all too often our solution is to change a certain behavior instead of getting to the root of what is causing that behavior. Why do I smoke? How did I get overweight? Why am I stressed at work? Why am I so busy? If we don't identify these things, we may eventually find ourselves right back where we started. So the first thing we're going to do today is work on identifying our limiting beliefs. And before I turn it over to my sister, Brittany, I just want to pause here for a second and give a little disclaimer. We found that when we worked through this exercise, It was at some points hard and honestly quite emotional. So if you're listening to this podcast at work or in the car with your kids, you might want to pause for now and wait until you have some time alone to focus. Okay, Britt, why don't you walk us through identifying our limiting beliefs? All right. So first off, I just want to start with a definition of limiting beliefs. And limiting beliefs are thoughts and opinions that one believes to be the absolute truth. They tend to have a negative impact on one's life by stopping them from moving forward and growing on a personal and sometimes professional level. So as my sister said, identifying these limiting beliefs are really difficult. What you want to do is you want to take that goal that you have in your mind and you want to work backwards. What is stopping you from reaching that goal? Keep pushing backwards until you can identify what it is, that belief or emotion that you have about yourself that is ultimately stopping you. A lot of times, these beliefs, we're not even thinking them out loud. We're not even thinking about them in general. They're just kind of there in the back of our minds. 
and they're impacting the actions that we take. So take a second and ask these questions to yourself. What do you believe to be true about yourself? Even more so, what thoughts do you think repeatedly about yourself every day? For me, I've been battling with my weight for so long. So anytime I looked in the mirror, instead of saying, you know, you've got this or you're looking great today, you look beautiful today, it was, ugh, I don't fit into these clothes. I look tired. I, I feel overweight. Constant negative thoughts that I would continuously think about myself every day. Even more, what kind of stories do you tell yourself repeatedly? I can't do that. I can't lose weight because of this. I'm not a morning person. I don't have the time to do these things. All of these answers to these questions that I'm having you think about kind of bring you back to that original limiting belief. So, for example, if I'm talking about my weight, like I said, I'm not a morning person. I can't do this. I can't work out in the morning and get this done for myself. Or even more, when I was a teacher and was coaching, I don't have the time. If I kept pushing back and pushing back, I found that the original limiting belief was I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I was worth it and didn't think that I can do any of the things that I was asking myself to do. So subconsciously, I was essentially making it so that I was unmotivated. Anytime that I might have had the opportunity to do something for myself, I found myself subconsciously thinking, I can't do it anyway, so why should I even get started on it? You guys have anything to add to that? Just, just a question for you, Britt. So, you know, uh, growing up and seeing how accomplished you've been and the goals that you've set for yourself, very high standards at some points, didn't you, or at some point, look at those things that you accomplished and then try and debunk those limiting beliefs or that wasn't even a thought in your mind? I guess for me and anybody who knows me who's listening to this, I am such an overachiever and I am very proud of the things that I've accomplished in my life. And a lot of those are just, just crazy things that I've accomplished because of hard work and dedication and passion. But for me, there's always, well, you could have done more. You could do something more. And it might not have been, well, you could have pushed harder for that degree. You could have done those things. Cause I think the things that I have accomplished, I did well, very well, but there's always something else. And I think the whole health and wellness aspect of it, it's its you. It's your whole embodiment. It's how you feel. It's kind of how you get through your day. So yes, I was accomplishing these things on the surface, but at the core of it all, I wasn't taking care of the most important thing, which was me and my well-being. So yes, I'm proud of the things that I've accomplished, but underneath it all, throughout all of these years of the things that you guys have seen me accomplish, I've always felt like, I was missing something and I wasn't doing the most important thing that I needed to do, which was to take care of myself. So, yeah. So it's almost as if because of that, you are continually looking to do this or looking to do that or try the next this or trying yep. the next that, but it never really addressed what the root cause is or what was driving you to feel like you needed to keep continually look for something mm -hmm. to fill that hole, if you will. Absolutely. And I didn't even think about that till now because I'm always, you guys know, I'm always like, oh, let me just do this thing and let me add this degree and let me do this and teach this and, and coach this. And I'm always doing something and I, I do those things very well, but yep. you're right. I never, I guess, filled the need, that void that I had, which was 
just to take care of myself. Yeah. I was going to ask that exact thing, mom. And I was going to say too, like, did you find when you were trying to accomplish those things, like, did you ever get a sense of, I mean, I'm sure you did get a sense of pride, but was there ever a point where you got a sense of fulfillment from any of it? Or did you always seem to have like a void? I always am fulfilled by the things that I've accomplished because I work my tail off, as you guys know, Mm -hmm. to accomplish the things that I have accomplished. But at the same time, I guess you could say that subconsciously there was always a little void that never got filled. Right. And it was, I mean, when I was younger, you guys, you guys know I was very athletic. I was a gymnast. I was like a skinny, muscular little thing. (laughs) And then as soon as I like hit college and did all of that. I had gained all of this weight. So it's like, I don't know. I guess for me, I'm I'm a proud person. And to know that I've accomplished all these things, I, I guess so weird to say it like this, but I felt like my physical appearance didn't match how I felt about myself when it came to my accomplishments. Wow. That's like so I've done all of these things, A, B, C, D, all the way through Z, but those accomplishments do not match the physical features of the person who did them. Huh. I wonder where that comes from. Like, what is it that that even informs that in you, you know, that tells you this is what a successful person or accomplished person should look like, you know? Social media. I guess. Yeah. You know, you're so right. We live in that age where it's social media. Yeah. everything. I mean, you are I think that it boils down to, yeah, there can be social media out there, but it's really how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you know that you're good enough and, you know, I look in the mirror and I can smile and I can say, hey, beautiful. And I don't care if, you know, I'm overweight, I'm skinny, I don't have muscles, whatever it might be. I have black hair, I have brown hair, it's curly, it's straight. I know in myself, I feel good about myself. So, you know what? Doesn't matter. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think that's a generational thing. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I think that yeah. it's it's a challenge for, you know, our generation and the generations after us because if social media is informing what successful looks like, you know, yeah. um, then this is what kids today and even ourselves find ourselves trying to measure up to. And you know, as a parent, that's a challenge for me having young kids today trying to teach them this is not what you measure yourself up to. This is not real. You know, um, it's the highlights version of someone's life. You know, it's like a highlights reel. Like you're just seeing the best version of people on social media. Um, But I do it too. I find myself scrolling and comparing myself to other people. Um, But it's just interesting how it's so subconscious. Like you didn't one day look at somebody on social media and say, hmm, this is what successful looks like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not it's something years you, years. yeah, it's not ever something you probably even acknowledge out loud. It's just from, you know, it's just informed how you think, if that makes sense. It's always just there. Like as yeah. you're scrolling, everybody yeah. you see who has a ton of followers or is successful is like in the best shape of their life and they own this business and they have, they're this and they're this and they're that. So I guess at least for you know, my age range, it's like you can accomplish so much, but if you physically don't look the part, did you accomplish it at all? And I guess, I, I, you know, now that we're doing this, I'm seeing that that's not true and I'm changing those things. But it took me a while, just like you said at the beginning, it took me a while to figure out like what was happening, where that void came from mm-hmm. that we all just talked about, and then really breaking it down and realizing like, 
that is where it's coming from. And only after I did the hard work was I able to realize, okay, this is not true. Right. This is just, you're right, like you said, I'm, I'm seeing the reels, the highlights of everyone's life. This isn't real life. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. Um, All right. Mom, did you have anything that you wanted to talk about as far as like, your limiting beliefs? So, yeah, mine's a little bit different than Brittany's in terms of it has nothing to do with fitness. It actually has something to do that happened in my personal life, which you guys are well aware of. Um, last October, there was an incident with our dogs, and it it was something that built up. Two of our dogs just constantly weren't able to get together, and there's a history behind that. Um, but basically it escalated to the point where one dog actually hurt the other dog very badly that we were going to rehome him. Um, and as far as limiting beliefs go, that incident really shook me because what I started to do as a result of it is any loud noises, I would just automatically jump or, what ended up happening after the incident a few days later is I would find myself not wanting to come down. I would literally lay in my bed in a ball, like in a fetus. And when my husband would take the dogs out, I would put my hands over my ears because I was afraid that the dogs were going to just attack each other. Or, you know, my brother lives with us. And when he would come home through the garage, I was afraid that the dog was going <laughs> to eat him up. Right. Um, or just, just things like that, that I knew weren't truth, wasn't the truth. But because of what had happened to me, these beliefs, these lies just were in me that I couldn't get rid of. And had it not been for my husband who recognized what was happening to me and said, hey, I think you really should talk to somebody. And when I finally did, the therapist said, had you not talked to me, this would have been a full-blown PTSD for you. So that was a year ago and I still struggle with this. There are lies that I, you know, I, I think like my dogs can't get along or when my sister comes with her dog, my dogs are going to eat her dog up. <laughs> There's no history of that whatsoever. Um, I'm afraid right now my, my daughter, or husband, grandkids are with me and I every now and then get really nervous that He's going to just all of a sudden pounce on one of them. When I know a couple of years ago, we let them out on our back porch and the two of them would just be petting him and he, he loved it. But those, those limiting beliefs, those lies, they can really be detrimental to your health if you don't put them in check, if you don't identify what they are and start addressing them head on. That's you hit it, you know, you hit it right on the, the, the nail on the head right there. If you don't address it now, it's really going to impact your health, whether it's my perspective on that limiting belief or your perspective. Because I feel like especially yours, a lot of people can recognize, because I mean, it might not be dogs, but it could be something traumatic that happened in their lives that in the background, subconsciously, it's affecting their behavior and, and limiting them and, and forcing them to not move forward in life because they're not addressing it the way you did. Yeah. 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 And I really love though how you shared that you did go and see a therapist because I think that there are just some, you know, we're not professionals, obviously we're talking to you all from our experience, but there are some situations where you may need to seek professional help and that's okay. 
you know? And so we definitely, if you need it, encourage it. And, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, But thank you so much for sharing that mom. Yes, thank you. Yeah. That's definitely a hard story to share. So we really appreciate you. And you've come so far because I just heard a doggy walk past you. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't even know. (laughs) I heard. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Um, I will share a little bit about my limiting belief. So about five years ago, I made the decision to leave my well-paying management position to be a stay-at-home mom. And um, it's definitely come with some challenges, but it's also been the most rewarding and amazing experience, and I wouldn't change it for anything. But after a couple of years of being home, I started to feel like really down, um, and I started to beat myself up about not doing enough. Um, I would get like upset about like the little things. Like I would say, like, oh, I can't believe I didn't get to clean the bathroom today. I'm so lazy. I'm, I'm such a horrible mom. Or, um, oh, I didn't take the kids to the playground today. Like, what kind of a mother am I? I'm not doing them any good. Or um, I didn't keep their routine. Or I didn't, you know, I fed them too many snacks today. Or just, I would just beat myself up about all the things I thought I was doing wrong. And I would, I really labeled myself as a bad mom. And like, that's, I'm not doing enough. And I have a friend uh, who I would vent to during these moments. And um, she didn't exactly like walk me through the steps like we're trying to do, you know, for our listeners right now. But there was one day in particular where she asked me a couple of questions. And it was like during that conversation that um, really got me thinking about why I was believing these things about myself. And so she asked me, well, why do you feel this way? And, oh, I feel like I'm not enough. And then she said, well, what happened as a result of you not doing the dishes today? Like, did the world stop turning? Did your kids, are your kids still alive? Are they still around? Do you still have a home to live in? And so she started asking me all these questions. And she then said, why do you feel your value as a mother depends on what you accomplish throughout the day? And I had no answer for that. I, I, I didn't even realize that I was doing that. You know, I just felt like because I didn't do what I thought a good mom should do, I was a bad mom. And then when she worded it that way, that why do you feel your value as a mother depends on what you accomplish? Um, that like struck something in me. And I started thinking about like, has there been another time in my life where I felt my value was tied to my accomplishments? And it was through some deep thought and self-assessing that I came to realize I was always that way. From being a kid in school, you guys know I was always the best grades and I played the piano and I did dance and we just, I was always doing something. Um, From being a manager at work, I realized that I based my value on the things I accomplished. I'm performance driven, you know, similar to what you were saying, Brittany, like I'm someone who likes to hear, good job, you did great, or wow, you're so amazing. Like, I like being affirmed from other people and it's because I'm so driven by my performance. And so my, my limiting belief was, and still can be sometimes that my value is tied to what I accomplish. Um, And just like you were saying, Britt, like it was a completely subconscious thing. It was something that like, I wasn't even aware of, you know? That's so funny because I feel like 
a lot of who I am today and my drive to accomplish all these things was because you were always doing them. And I was like, oh, she's not going to do it. (laughs) And I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it, too. Oh, so, yeah, so you're right. Funny. You did. You did all the things. <laughs> I did all the you things. Did, you did all the things. I was like, well, if she's gonna do all the things. Well, when you think about it, you were in dance, and all of a sudden, a couple years later, there's me in the dance picture with you. Yeah. And then you were playing the yeah. piano, and then a couple years later, here I am playing. You know, Mary had a little lamb, and you're doing whatever it is that you're doing on the piano. I always, as a kid, was like, well, if she's doing it, I'm gonna do it too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. Maybe I broke you. Maybe that's why you got that way. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people have siblings that they might have that relationship. Like, well, if they can do that, so can I. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But it does. I think it's important to note, though, that we what we accomplish is great, and there's there's value in that. There's value in accomplishing things. Um, but it, the value isn't like our value, like that, what we accomplish isn't tied, what we accomplish isn't tied to our value. I'm not more valuable because I've accomplished more. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what, that was, was so hard for me is I went from having measurable things. Like I was at work as a manager and was able to show the things I accomplished, or I was at school and was able to show that I got a hundred on my test. And you know what I mean? And so it sounds so silly, but these were things that were measurable to an extent that I could say, look, I did great on all of these things. And now I'm a stay at home mom and they're, you know, your, your goals and the things you accomplish throughout the day aren't always so obvious. You know, sometimes as moms, we go to bed saying like, what did I do today? I did nothing today. And then, but when you really think about it, what did you do today? And you could go down the list of, well, I got up at this time, I fed my kids, I got them dressed, I got them to school. And you can go down a list of everything you did do, but it it just maybe wasn't what you had set out to accomplish. And so it's been a real journey for me to try to navigate that because I still do feel that sometimes. But as we're going to continue to talk about, um, it's good to be able to identify that this is my limiting belief. And even though sometimes I may fall back into that, it's just not true. When you're aware of it now, like now that I'm aware of it, when it happens, I can see it and I can kind of stop it in its tracks and move forward. Yeah. I think something real quick on that is for you and me and and personalities just like ours is when we start to do all the things (laughs) every day. Um, we, I think we stop seeing them as accomplishments and more of a, you should just do this every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't do the things that you should just do, and then in addition to that, not do the things that you actually wanted to accomplish, it just keeps on yeah. building. That's very true. That's a good point. That's a good point, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. All right. <laughs> so do you ladies have anything else to add about limiting beliefs before we move on to our next segment here? No, I think we got it. Just make sure listeners that you guys just take a little bit of time. Um, it's not going to happen. might not happen overnight and it's going to take some real soul searching to really dig deep and find out. And it's probably going to be a subconscious thing. What is yeah. it that's holding you back? Yeah. And once you can identify it, then you can change it. Definitely. I'm glad you pointed that out. Like we are coming to you now after 
like years of searching, <laughs> years of of trying to get down to our limiting belief. Not saying it will take you all years, but it is a bit of hard work, and it requires you to ask yourself some uncomfortable questions. And I would say my best advice for doing this exercise would be to be completely honest with yourself. No one else is going to read it. No one else is going to judge you on it. Identify that limiting belief and you're going to have to start with maybe a problem or a a goal or a negative thought even. A negative thought you're having. I feel down. Why? Why do you feel down? When did it start? How did you get there? And um, it can be quite emotional, but we're here for you and we know you guys can do it. It's definitely worth it to do that hard work. And something real quick I just wanted to add to that to help some of you is if if you're having a hard time with this for a day or even a week, have like your little notes op- app open on your phone or write it down. And when you think a thought and it's about yourself, write it down, just jot it down, whatever it is. And then you'll have a list of the thoughts that you think about yourself. And then you can really look at all of that and be like, whoa, this is really what I think about myself. Right. That might help. Yeah, that's good. Right. The other thing too is um, some people like to meditate, right? Um, that often opens up like thoughts or emotions, even going for a walk. So if any of the things that we've suggested doesn't work, try, try a meditation, try going for a walk, try listening to your favorite classical song or whatever it might be um, to help spur those or, or spark those ideas in your mind. Yeah. That's great advice, mom. All right. So now we're going to move on to our next step. After we identify our limiting beliefs, we next have to find our why or our reason for making a change. So mom, would you like to expand on this idea of finding your why? Yeah. So what does it mean finding your why? Well, finding why for some people, it's just knowing and understanding why you do the things that you do. It's it could be the reason you do the things you do, or oftentimes it's the reason why you must do what you do, right? Um, when you look at finding your why, it could be something that motivates you. It could be something that inspires you to do what you do. Okay, so when we're talking about finding your why, think about those those points or those questions that I just threw out there. So um, just expanding on that a little bit more, As far as how do you find your why? Well, some people identify finding their why with, well, what's your purpose in life? What makes you come alive? What are you passionate about? What are your strengths? Or where do you feel that you add the greatest value? Funny that you guys were talking about adding value. Um, But knowing your purpose sometimes can be the inspiration that you need to take on that endeavor, to take on that challenge, or simply just to help you propel into making a change, okay? Um, Other people, how they find their why is by practicing the five why exercise, for instance. And I I did this with myself earlier, and when I got to the fifth why, I found myself to be very emotional. But I'll give you an example so that you guys can think, you know, about your why. So I want to get this new job because I'll make good money. Well, why is it important for you to make good money? Well, I want to make good money so that I can provide for my family. All right, well, why is it important that you provide for your family? 
well, I don't want my family to struggle. Uh, I don't want them to wonder where the next meal is going to come from. I don't not, I don't want them to have to worry about where they're going to lay their head at night. Well, why don't you want your family to struggle? I don't want my family to struggle because it means that I've failed in being a provider to them. All right. So why is it important for your family to see you as a good provider? Here we go. <laughs> because I want them to always know that I'm someone who they can trust and come to whenever they have nowhere to turn. So the five why exercises you can, when you identify what your why is, oftentimes when you go through the five whys, it's something that moves you. It's something that's gut wrenching. It's something that brings you to tears. Um, So that's, that's a little exercise again that you can go through uh, I don't know, Brittany and Courtney, when you try and identify your why, if any of those resonated with you or if you use any of those as a practice to identify what your why is. Well, I have to say I started tearing up. <laughs> and um, when I recount my childhood <laughs> and talk about things, I I can never say that I ever felt that I needed or didn't have. I never had to worry about food on the table or where I was going to stay. And if that was ever a problem, you never let that be made known, be made known. So, and I still to this day see you as a provider and as someone that I trust and I love and I would go to for anything um, because (laughs) you've, you've definitely done that. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for letting me know that. You guys are killing me right now. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. All right. Well, um, I can, I can I could speak for, uh, to my why for changing my – going back to my limiting belief of my value is tied to what I accomplish. Um, I started to see the same thing happening in my oldest son, and I could see that it was a behavior that he learned from me. And um, that's what got me emotional was knowing that I could pass this mindset on this limiting belief on to my children. And when I did that hard work, that's what I came to was my why for changing my mind. And for this particular limiting belief was that it was my family. And I don't want my kids to have this same limiting belief. I don't ever, it would break my heart if I knew that my children spoke to themselves the way I speak to myself, you know? So eh, now I'm here. So great. Okay. I don't think mine is as serious. Or, well, at least we we'll, won't bring up any tears. Um, my why, honestly, I think was turning 30. Um, you know, birthdays really don't matter as you get older, but I turned 30. I was like, oh my gosh, 30. What's happening? And then, you know, I was a public high school teacher for seven years and I I found myself often like trying to learn the new lingo of what it is that they're talking about. And, you know, Facebook is for old people. But essentially, like, I was just like, I, my, my biggest thing was like, I can't be a fat 30 year old. Like, I'm not gonna, that's, I just can't do that. No, I have to do something. Like, life is too short. And if I keep making these excuses now, I'm just gonna be a fat 80 year old and that's just gonna be life. Um, but yeah, just realizing life is short and at this rate, if I keep making excuses, you know, no one's going to do it for me. Um, something else that my why was is it's really funny. My first year of, play, of 
teaching. I did teacher versus student dodgeball and I used to play softball. So I threw the ball like I was throwing a softball and uh, felt like this fire go up my arm. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's, wow, like maybe I'm like engaging this crazy superpower mode that I haven't, you know, I haven't accessed in a while. I was like, wow, that's crazy. I should probably not do that again. Then I got the ball again. And I was like, let me just try it again. So I did it again, felt the same fire. I was like, this is not okay. That next morning, I was super sore. I was in the shower. Mom knows the story. I like did a little stretch. I like, turned my head to the right. I stretched my head up and I stretched. My, I looked down and I came back up and all of a sudden I blacked out and passed out in the shower. My husband had to pull me out. I remember when I came to, I was like crying. I was like, I got to call my mom. Call my mom. What's <laughs> happening? I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. Um, She's like, you know, call a chiropractor to do this. I was like, it's Saturday. No one's going to help me. I'm dying. Um, And turned out like I popped my top vertebrae slipped out of place and I popped a rib out of place from playing dodgeball. And then ever since then, I have had serious back problems. My back will will fall out of place two or three times a year and I'm like stuck on the couch. And... um, you know, one of the best ways to take care of your back is to, is to build those muscles in your back. So it was turning 30 and seeing that my body had betrayed me. Um, (laughs) so that, that, that became my why I can't, I can't live like this. Can I just say something? How did I not know about this story? (laughs) You didn't know this story? (laughs) I don't want to you because it sounds kind of serious and pretty scary in the moment. But I've never heard this story before. Are are you okay? (laughs) Seven years ago. I'm a terrible sister, huh? No, it's okay. Jeez. No, it's really okay. But I mean, yeah, at least two or three times a year, like, you know, if anyone has those back problems at the top part of your back where you literally can't move your head, so you can't brush your teeth, you can't do anything for yourself. That happened to me like at least two to three times a year. And then a couple, actually, it was the year that we did the um, Spartan race. My lower back went out. And and so I have lower and upper back problems. But knock on wood, um, ever since I started working out and strengthening my back muscles, I'm afraid to say it out loud, honestly. (laughs) You're on the right path. Yes. You're doing good. Strengthen that it's core. Awesome. Strengthening the core. Engage your core. Engage the core. <laughs> All right, guys. So we have talked in depth about limiting beliefs, identifying those, and then identifying your why. So next week, we're going to take this conversation into MindStep even further. We're going to look at those limiting beliefs. We're going to give you guys some time, a whole week, to look at those limiting beliefs and your whys, and we're going to come back next week and we're going to change those into affirmations. And we're going to continue, like I said, this conversation into next week's episode. All right. Thank you so much, Britt. And thank you all so much for tuning in to the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Find us on Facebook at Wayward Lasses or on Instagram at Wayward underscore Lasses. You can also give us a good rating or drop us a review on Apple or Spotify. And if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover, send us an email at waywardlasses at gmail.com. Thank you all again so much for being with us today. Your support means so much to us. Until next time, we are the Wayward Lasses, reminding you to keep it real. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye, guys. Have a good week.